Talking Landscape Photography with Kristen Fletcher and Cowan. Just a quick update from Like-Minded HQ. Fletch and I are in Western Australia. and Basically, uh, Perth and the southwest of WA are currently in COVID lockdown conditions. So that's um, that's awesome. Very challenging times. But we're going to try and get an episode out once a week. So uh, please bear with us. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had a great chat to Martin Perret. And it was uh, you know, a pretty normal discussion about um, you know photography in war-torn areas and trying to uh, avoid getting mortared. And then Fletch brought this up. Hey, um, I'm not sure if you remember, but I was going back a few years ago. Now I was, I saw you at Perth Airport, and <laughs> yes, I, I was off my on my way to Iceland. It was either Iceland or Norway, and I said, "Oh, where are you going?" And he said, "Oh, I'm just going over to Africa to cover the Ebola outbreak." And I'm going, "What the hell are you <laughs> doing?" Wow. Oh yes, yeah. um, that well, I went twice, so you would have met me, I think, when I went to West Africa, possibly in yeah. 2014 or. Yeah. Yeah, it was when all the stuff was going down anyway, and I'm so just, I'm thinking, yeah. What are you doing? Well, <laughs> tell, tell us about that. <laughs> well, I was um, yeah, I covered twice the Ebola actually outbreak. So this one was uh, you remember that was really majorly in the news in 2014. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, for three months on a on a short assignment to uh, three countries: to Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Guinea Bissau. And um, yeah, that was pretty daunting as well. It's pretty full on assignment, but really amazing assignment. And at that time, um, when I left, that's when the vaccine was brought in. The second time I went was actually last year, a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to the Congo to um, North Kivu, sorry, and covered the Ebola outbreak there. Um, Now, I got vaccinated. So um, that's the most painful vaccine you, you can ever have, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It made me sick for a couple of days. But, um, but what happened in Ituri, however, um, it was really, uh, it was, in a way, it was more dangerous because there was much more attacks against responders. So oh, really? It was a completely different context. Yes, I know it's, it sounds crazy, mm. right, because um, people are there to, to respond and and, but there was, uh, from political reason and militia, uh, lots of militia activity in the region. Mm-hmm. So whenever we were in the field, uh, yeah, you never quite knew. In fact, to the point that sometimes I would go with um, agencies like UNICEF and, and we would uh, go inside unmarked cars, you know, mm, um, just to do the, the job we, we had to do. Yeah, but if, so but if we, if we yeah. th- think back to, uh, uh, I mean, Ebola, if, yes. if you get that, you, you are dead pretty much um, well so 70 percent chance yeah <laughs> wow that's uh, that's quite incredible but you know if we if we sort of cast our minds back yes. people thought that it was a myth there were people that didn't think it was yes. real that's right yeah i was uh, some of the in some of the country one of the big role of um, agencies like unicef and and other or the NGOs was really the sensitization of the population to mm. the fact that yes, it was real and and uh, and it would uh, yeah it could potentially kill you. So, but a lot of people didn't believe you are right, Cowin, and so mm. it was um, it was crazy. It was really crazy, and we went to so many villages where yeah people didn't necessarily believe in it. Did you um, did you come across anybody who you know was a non-believer like still eating bush meat and that sort of stuff or i'm sure i did uh, in some of the villages but mm. 
like I wouldn't really. Oh, the, I mean that in in. Um, I'm thinking, sorry, mm. Guinea, Bissau, we went to some remote villages there mm. for sure. There would have been um, that type of, uh, of things going on. I mm. mean, you know, that's interesting. I was thinking of the Ebola and, and the relationship with environment because, for example, in places like Liberia mm. and Guinea-Bissau where a lot of forests get cut, mm. and because it gets cut, I mean, the Ebola originated um, that crisis in 2013 mm. uh, was in the deep forest of uh, of Guinea Conakry. When, a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when a young boy uh, had eaten a bat, and um, mm. and you see, I, I was thinking of the colony of bats, which were initially really, really deep in the rainforest, and mm -hmm. because now it kept, keeps being cut, it's getting closer to the local population. Yeah, of course, mm. and so I. I find it fascinating that relationship between the imbalance of the environment and the and the result it can have, yeah. and the consequences. Yeah. yeah, everything that we do has an effect, doesn't it? Absolutely. And 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 that's that's, that's right. something that no one would ever think about. But look what's happened there. That's it's crazy. Um, obviously, you you survived that, and you didn't get Ebola, and you, you came no. home. But were you yeah. scared? Like, we did you you know was it uh, was it scarier than Timor? It's completely different because it's invisible. I mean, you try not to think about it, but it was really weird the first time. So when I landed uh, in Ghana, first everybody had to land in Ghana, had a bit of a training, and then we flew to uh, Freetown in, um, in Sierra Leone. And mm -hmm. I remember when we landed, um, the airport was completely deserted. There was only one plane from, I think, the British Army. And then you had to go through the airport. So imagine the airport, absolutely no one inside, apart from the World Health Organization officials wearing masks and everything. And everywhere we went, we had to have temperature check. We had mm. to wash our hands with chlorine. Um, chlorine, wow. Yeah. Um, and wow. so you'd enter a building, you'd have temperature taken, wash the hands, get out of the building, do again the same process. It was constant. So my clothes were full of, um, yeah, it was smelling the chlorine and my mm. hands. And um, so, so there was a hygiene process. Obviously, you touched absolutely no one. Mm -hmm. So we had to keep our distance. And mm. so, yeah, you had to be careful of, of so many things. But sometimes, as you know, it, was very complicated mm, you know, mm, mm. not to and when we went to visit those ebola treatment center mm. we couldn't go to the red zone because anything that goes inside the red zone where the doctors would wear the three layers of ppe you know mm. the protection mm. equipment mm. everything that gets in has to be thrown away and destroyed so uh, yep. what about the cameras you know what i mean yeah. so I went inside what we call the green zone, mm. which is the first kind of steps inside an Ebola treatment center. Mm. But even there, you'd wear the boots and you obviously touch nothing yeah. and you, you they spray your boots. And uh, when you enter an Ebola treatment center, you're obviously super vigilant and careful and what to touch when I remember by mistake I, I think I you know when you when you poke somebody to say hey and I and I did that with my finger uh, to a doctor and he looked at me and he screamed at me and he said 
don't touch me. And I said, oh, I'm so, I mean, you know, I, I did it by, it mm. was a reflex. Yeah, yeah, and I said, I'm so sorry. He said, you don't know where I've been. I said, no, indeed. And I started panicking, you know, and oh, I washed yeah. my, my hands 10 times with that chlorine. And mm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's so obviously, yeah. You, but like I said, you know, you're so focused on your job at the same time that you, part of you is not also thinking every second about it, you know. Did you have mm. any close calls? Oh, I'm sure, but mm. I don't. The problem is that you don't know because mm. it's invisible. Mm. Yeah. We've got this um, pandemic at the moment, you know, and people are focused on that. But this is, you know, uh, if people cast their minds back, Ebola mm. did not fluff around. If you got that, you were, you know, bleeding from the ears. Um, so it was a pretty serious. It's horrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a horrible disease. So really. Um... Yeah, no, it was, it, most of the time we were trying not to think about it, but obviously we could how? help, how do you, but not to, yeah. How do you do that though, Martine? Like, how do you, how do you compartmentalise stuff? Like, I couldn't even, you know, I don't know about you, Fletch, but I mean, what's the most hardcore thing you've ever done? Me? Like, it would pale in comparison, <laughs> surely. Oh, mate, I, I tell you, I had someone cough on me the other day. That was hardcore. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that is right up there. You didn't want that germ on you, that's for sure. But but how do you, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, I I could not do that. If I was in a place where there was Ebola, like, I literally would not sleep. And, you know, I would have 10 layers of PPE on. And, mm. you know, you. I mean, to go there, you would have to pay me billions like and you just yeah. you just do it and you're like oh yeah you know we we were concerned and a photograph of funerals and yeah you know that's where exactly. it is like you that's it's, how you catch it but i yeah i mean i thought about it like even in my last assignment in ituri i mean when i um photo i remember i followed um the the team of the red cross mm. um or the international federation of the red cross who trained um their staff to um, for the burials, indeed. And so, I remember we I jumped in the car and we were raced to the funeral. And even though they do all the appropriate movement, it's true mm. that I was thinking, well, I'm not really sure where he was sitting before, and I'm next to him. And you know, of course, you you, you think of those, and then we race to the morgue, and so it's obviously pretty full-on and intense but when mm. you're in the job you obviously photograph and do the job Incredible. it's sometimes it's after you process and you're like because mm. i remember I, I i really wanted to photograph the process of of um of a, of a, a patient uh, being uh, sprayed and, mm. and properly, uh, the, what we call the safe and dignified burial. Mm. It was mm. an important part of the process that I needed to photograph. And uh, I remember it was Sunday morning, I was having my breakfast and I was thinking, oh, maybe today I'll have a day off because I thought, because normally you work almost seven days a week, so it's pretty mm. full on. Mm. But no, I didn't because I had a phone call saying, well, we're, we're about to to do the, the process, would you like to come? So of course I, I jumped in the car, went mm. to the, the um, it was a health center. And mm. I remember I was, you're supposed to probably stand back three meter and I reckon I was probably closer than that. And I didn't touch anything, but the patient, because at that point you don't know if the per the person has had a Ebola because they're going to to do a swab test and then mm. send the test and then but they're still going to do the 
the safe and dignified burial in a sense that whether or not, um, because we don't know if the person uh, is a suspect of Ebola, if you want. So we're mm. going to still do the same process uh, of safe and dignified burial. Mm. So at that point, I had no idea that young man had had Ebola or not. But you have to think that he could be. So they can, you can and still catch it when they're dead. Yeah. Well, that's the most, that's the most violent, that's the most, uh, how do you say, contagious, actually. But obviously, oh, yeah. I was, um, they spray, you know, the, the body and mm -hmm. everything, but I was standing back and I didn't touch, of course, the person. Mm -hmm. But I was really kind of thinking, ooh, that's, um, that's a bit close. But when we had the, the result, uh, the Red Cross rang me later and said, yes, he was uh, positive. So I knew that, nice. okay. And it's funny, it played on my mind the whole night, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> And the next day, um, yeah, it, 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 so it's interesting what you say, Cowin, because mm. you, you do things, but it's often after that I find you think about mm. certain But things, afterwards, so. are you, you know, are you doing what I would do where you go, mm. oh, gee, you know, I've, my ears are a little bit itchy, um, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I think I developed a bit of something after, and I'm sure it was probably psychosomatic. <laughs> that was Martin Pry, and uh, just when we thought we were doing it tough, Crikey. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, why don't you join our Instagram? It is Lightminded Podcast. So just do a search for Lightminded Podcast and we'll see you soon. Bye.